Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave, shall not prevail against it. Say with me, he said, I will build my church. Hallelujah. That's what he said. I will build. Listen, he has built his church. And I read this for a reason, so that you can see that the church called the Ecclesia is not man's idea. It's not man's design. It is God's design. It is God's idea executed in, in his Christ via his redemptive work. I will build my church. That's what he said, and that he has done. And so, your perspective of the church of Jesus Christ must be consistent with God's design. As simple as that, it, that is, is so important. Because it looks like um, there, there are many ways of doing church today. We've made it a culture and a personal preference matter. A style preference matter. But church has a design. There is a way church must be done. Did you hear what I said? And he has told us how church should be done. In Mark chapter 16 verse 15, from verse 15, I want you to open that. So he, the church is his design. You must view it through his lenses. Approach it the Bible way. And now he tells you um, what, will, what the church will be characterized by. And in Mark chapter 16 from verse 15, he says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, it says, and these signs, what are signs? Maybe when you were looking for this venue, you looked out for signs, pointing you to something. Signs are authentications, everything by which a claim can be authenticated. That's what a sign is. So, well, we claim to be the house of God, the temple of the Holy Ghost. We claim to be the people of God, the children of God. He said there will be signs. Jesus said, except they see miracles, they will not believe. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he has given us signs. He says, these signs shall follow them that believe. This is God's design. This is how the church ought to be. Signs, he said, will follow you. 
Is there any believer in the house today? Yeah. Say, signs follow me. Signs follow me. Uh, now, now, that's God's design. That's God's design. And we're going to pick some of this and treat them between now and tomorrow. The first thing he said is, in my name shall they cast out devils. We're going to talk about that. In my name shall they cast out devils. He says, they shall speak with new tongues. That's what we're going to talk about today, right now. And then next it says, if they take up serpents, if they take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. So I said, we're starting a new series. We started yesterday night. What did I call it? True impacts. Can I tell you something? If we don't do church the way God has designed for it to be done, our impact will be stifled. You are not wiser than God. He said signs will follow you because he knows that you will need them. You must decide not to have it any other way. Did you hear what I said? Decide not to have it any other way. There is no other biblical provision for doing church, for doing ministry without power. None. It's not biblical. It's not. So, let your heart, let your mind embrace God's provision, God's design. This is so important. How many of you here do not pray in tongues? Lift your hands. Don't be shy. How many of you here? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Don't be shy now. At least other people are raising their hand. Thank you. Thank you. It is for you that we came. And then for the rest of us, just so that we can have a deeper understanding of the subject, we can teach others and get them filled as well. Hallelujah. Let me assure you, there is none of you who raised their hand that will not be speaking in tongues by the end of this meeting. Hallelujah. None of you. Because he said, these signs will follow you. He said it. Glory be to God. First and foremost, I just wanted you to see how, um, how the early church was very big on tongues, sold on the tongues idea. They didn't have, you know, the funny ideologies we have today, you know, where we have made it a denominational issue. 
virtually everybody spoke in tongues. Paul could write to the church at Corinth and say, I speak in tongues more than you all. Historically, this was a church, even though historians vary on their estimation of the numbers, but the numbers were in between 2,000 and 7,000. I mean, the number, how large was the church at Corinth is what I'm talking about. It was a mega church by every standard. And so if Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all, it means they all spoke in tongues. Are you getting this? They all spoke in tongues. In fact, he's writing to them to say, you know, I commend the fact that you are bound in this gift. But um, if he was writing to them to correct some excesses in the administration of the gifts. I would rather have a church that is excessive in the administration of gifts than a church that is ignorant. It's a good problem. <laughs> Look at what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4, from verse 4 to 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4 to 6. It says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance. So they were enriched in utterance. Abounding in these utterance gifts. It says you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. I've taught on this several times. You know, in the upper room, as those guys were praying, all of a sudden the Bible says there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. All right? And cloven tongues as of fire appeared, sat on the head of everyone. Everyone spoke in tongues. And people were wondering, what is happening? Some said they were drunk. And Peter gives a defense. Talks about the death of Jesus, his burial and resurrection, the prophecy of Joel. And he says, he, referring to Jesus, being at the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which you now see and hear. Meaning, their speaking in tongues was a confirmation of the resurrection. Isn't that simple? You heard what I just said, right? He's explaining how come they could speak in tongues. He says, Jesus is at the right hand of God exalted. He being at the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he had shed forth this which you now see and hear. So speaking in tongues is a confirmation of the testimony of Christ. That's what he's telling the church at Corinth. He said you are bound in utterance and in knowledge. The testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. Every other spiritual gift existed before redemption. People walked miracles, even raised the dead. There is only one spiritual gift that is a testimony of, that confirms the testimony of Christ, which is tongues. Do you understand what I just said? So if you see someone speak in tongues, it is only possible because Jesus is glorified. 
So now that's a huge motivation. That's why this is not just some luxurious demonstration of charismatic exuberance. When I speak in tongues, Christ is glorified. I'm proving the resurrection because I'm doing something that could only be possible by the resurrection. This is powerful and important. This is why everyone should speak in tongues. And the entire church at Corinth spoke in tongues. A whole church, thousands of them. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, initially, the church strength was 120. And just remember that at the origin of the church and at the advent of the Spirit, every single believer spoke in tongues. That sets a powerful precedence that the church, entire church of Jesus Christ was in that upper room and they all spoke with tongues. So at the birth of the church, everybody participated in charismatic ministry. That should, that sends a strong message. That's God's plan. Hallelujah. Every time people coveted the gift of tongues, maybe coveted salvation and everything that comes with it. There was not once that anyone amongst them did not receive the Holy Ghost or was not filled with the Spirit and spoke with tongues. So there were 120 people, like I said just, just now, in the upper room, and then the Holy Ghost did not fill half of them, did not fill 10 of them, did not fill even 100 of them, they all spoke with tongues. All. All. In Acts chapter 10, in Cornelius' house, they all, Cornelius and his entire household and the servants spoke with tongues. In Acts chapter 19, they all spoke with tongues. And this just tells you that's the plan of God. The church of Jesus Christ is a tongue-speaking church. Say loud, amen. amen. We are a tongue-speaking church. I don't know what my life would be without tongues. I don't know what my life would be. I don't know. <laughs> if I have the time, I will talk about this. This is so important. This one oh, is so important. <laughs> and because... You are, not, you are not the author and the finisher of our faith. God is wiser than you. If you emphasize this tongues thing, it must be important. So like I said, you must decide not to have it any other way. So let's do just some Bible study now, just something light. Three things to know about the tongue's gift. Three things to know about the tongue's gift. Number one, 
It can be controlled. It can be controlled. Oh, God is merciful and kind. Number one is what? It is demon spirits that take a hold of people and they shout and they do involuntary stuff that they cannot control. But if it is, of course, when I was talking about shouting, I'm talking involuntarily, okay? God's people shout too, just so that you understand what I'm saying. But when it comes to the Holy Ghost, oh, it can be, you know what the Bible says? It says the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. The spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. That's so profound. I want you to see it in, in the Bible. I, just, I don't want to, us to just quote it, you know, from our mind. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32. That's what it says. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In fact, the entire 1 Corinthians 14 is predicated on the idea that spiritual gifts can be controlled. Otherwise, Paul would not have written to the, Corinth, to the Corinthian church, teaching them to regulate these things. Are you getting what I'm saying? The fact that he wrote about tongues and how it should be done in the church means invariably that it can be controlled. And see all the texts that prove that, you know, in clear terms, in from verse 18, from verse 18, same 1 Corinthians 14, it says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in church, by the way, there's a difference between praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. One is delivering a message to the people. And if you're going to deliver a message to the people, you must interpret. You don't just stand there, hold the mic and start speaking with tongues. Do you understand? Because many people have misunderstood this to say, oh, we shouldn't pray in tongues in church. He's talking about speaking in, church, speaking in tongues. It says, yet in church, I, I had rather speak five words in my understanding that by my voice I might teach others. So he's talking about teaching than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. You see that? So, I have control over it. I can decide to do it in a place or not to do it in a place. That's the meaning of this. So important. Look at verse 26. It says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue? I like that. It said, How many of us has a tongue? Answer me again. How many of us did he say will have a tongue? Everyone. Listen, you came here with tongues. He says, when we gather together, this is, this, is one of the, this is one of the modus operandi of our gathering. We gather for tongues. He says, every one of us has a tongue. All right? 
hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. He says, let all things be done unto edifying. He says, if a man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three. So we, we, if you want to deliver a message in tongues to the church, you don't, have to interp- you don't have to interrupt what I'm saying. Have you seen people who try to do stuff like that? And they say, it's the Holy Ghost. I would say, okay, calm down now. Let's go through the seven. Have you seen people who just go, Eli, Eli, you know? It doesn't work. He said, the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. If we say, okay, that's okay now, and you, you can't stop, that's a demon. You know, some people make silly, not so funny remarks about, you know, being slain by the Holy Ghost, for instance. They say, comedians say, why cameraman no day for? Very simple, because it's not jazz. It's not jazz. So, when you are walking and you are conscious of work, of the work you are doing, you're not ready to receive. And when you're ready to receive, you can leave the camera and receive. And I'm telling you, if the cameraman becomes conscious to receive, he will. I've seen it before. There was, a, there was an old Kenetagin video we were seeing. All of a sudden, we just saw black. And then the camera view changed. The, the camera just went down and started f- focusing on the floor. See, nice one. This one is not much talk. Bring your cameraman. <laughs> Let me give you something new to joke about. <laughs> it's not, I don't know. Hallelujah. When you grow spiritually, some things won't be funny to you anymore. A good Bible student knows that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He has emotions. You don't joke anyhow. It's not a funny joke. It's not a funny joke. Hallelujah. So what is the first point I gave you? It can be controlled. Number two. It is not done in human languages. This one is so important. I did a more extensive teaching on this in the teaching series on our website, Kindle, so you can go watch it. I know that um, I don't have time to really explain this in detail, but I know that Acts chapter 2 has given people an idea that tongues is done in human language because the people outside said they heard people talking in their language. And a lot of people don't still know this. They don't still know how to study the Bible. They think that everything in the Bible is the Word of God. Listen, the Bible rightly defined is the Word of God. But the Bible contains many words. Even the words of Satan are recorded in the Bible. 
You don't just open your Bible and say, if you are the son of God, fall from pinnacle of the temple. Now Satan talk him. Do you understand what I just said? So you have to rightly divide. So the Bible um, is a compendium of, of the words of several people. It has psalms and hymns. Beautiful literary masterpiece. And so, when you're talking about tongues, for instance, and in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul the Apostle is teaching on tongues. In Acts chapter 2, people said they heard. What people said they heard and what an apostle taught, an apostle taught, which one carries more authority? Very simple. So if people, anybody who knows about news and how news spreads, know that people can be sincerely wrong. There's something called fact-checking. So for instance, we can fact-check what the people claim to have heard. And I ask one simple question. If 120 people are in a room praying at the same time, will anybody outside hear any single one of them? I asked a simple question. Did you, do you understand what I just said? 120 Remember, if you, in case you can't picture what I'm saying, remember how noisy your secondary school class used to be when the teacher is not... You hear a buzzing sound. If you're standing outside, you are very unlikely to hear any single person. And so if everybody's saying, wow, wow, that guy on that corner is speaking my language. Another person says, that one in the middle is speaking, ah, ah. Praise the Lord. Question number two. If you go out and you see people speaking your language, you're just going to be like, oh, cool. You speak my language. But there was something more. They were accused of being drunk. Another very important thing to take note of is Paul, Peter's reply. When Peter was giving his response, he only responded to the allegation of drunkenness. Do you? Do you? And that says a lot also. That says a lot. What is so drunken about 120 people speaking your language? Do you understand what I just asked? It's not even fascinating. If it gathered a crowd, there was more to the story. You can't hear people speaking. If you are passing and you hear people praising God in your native dialect, you won't stand there and say, eh? Eh? What is going on here? Even the observers knew there was something supernatural. And so, the Bible says some said they were drunk. But from Peter's defense, the fact that he dwelt on that allegation, that tells you that that was the major allegation of the day. Is that simple logic? Yes. And when um, you say someone is drunk, what are the things you observe? How, how do you know someone is drunk? Two things. Incoherent speech and staggering. Incoherent speech. 
An incoherent speech is more consistent with what the Bible says about tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. Are you getting this? In several other references, Paul told the church at Ephesus, be not drunken with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So as a good Bible student, comparing what people claimed to have seen and what Paul said to the church at Ephesus, meaning they're, they're, and what he said to the church at Corinth, you make a sound judgment. If in Acts chapter 2, there was an allegation of drunkenness, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, do not be drunk with, with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It means that's the more consistent theme. Are you getting this? In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, if you were speaking in tongues and someone who is spiritually uneducated joins you, comes into your assembly, he said, will they not say you are mad? Have you read that before? What is mad? about people speaking your language. Paul said, if you are speaking in tongues, someone who doesn't know about tongues will think you are mad. Hallelujah. So you see that thing that sounds like rubbish that people do? They are getting it right. Because that's the one that sounds like madness. Let's see what Paul says. I'm going to speed up now. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. I'm moving faster now. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. Is that clear enough? So the notion that tongues is for evangelism is false. That tongues, you've heard people say, when you go to a place and you don't know their language, the Holy Ghost will help you. Maybe you travel to China, you never learned Mandarin, the Holy Ghost will help you. You start speaking Mandarin. You know? And then, that's tongues. But it says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. It is not for evangelism. He says, but unto God. He says, for no man understands him. So there is no man who by his natural propensities and faculty can understand tongues. Listen, it is either the Bible is full of contradictions or this verse changes your opinion of Acts 2. I'm teaching you how to study the Bible. If no man understands when I speak in tongues, what the people claim to have heard in Acts 2 was wrong. Simple. When any man speaks in tongues, he's not speaking to people. He says, no man understands him. He tells you why. He says, how be it in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mysteries. Words that need interpretation, words that need to be decoded. So tongues are not in human languages. For God's sake, there is another gift called the gift of interpretation of tongues. 
If tongues were in human languages, it wouldn't take a spiritual gift to interpret it. Just find someone who understands the language. You cannot interpret tongues except by the spirits. So that's not to say you can't go to a place and by the spirit speak a language you never learned. That's working of miracles. It's a miracle, but it's not tongues. If you ever speak in tongues and anybody understands you except by the spirits, you didn't speak in tongues. I mean, this text is very clear. Amen, somebody? Oh, glory to God. Look at verse 6. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? See, you need to read your Bible well so that ignorant people will not just... Have you noticed it's people who don't speak in tongues that want to teach everybody how tongues should be done? At least we can listen to Paul... If he wants to correct on tongues, he first said, I speak in tongues more than you all. That one is a like disclaimer. First and foremost, I do and pass you. But a lot of people, even some celebrities, one even tweeted about stuff like this two weeks ago, want to teach us about tongues, and they don't speak in tongues. If you had so much understanding of it, you will do it. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by, pro- <coughs> excuse me, or by prophesying or by doctrine? If I come to you speaking in tongues from a natural linguistic standpoint, it does not profit you anything. I have to speak to you by revelation. I have to make my communication intelligible. Then he goes on to give this metaphor and this illustration. He says, even things without life, giving sounds, whether they be a pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or what is harped? For if a trumpet gives a Give an uncertain sound, how shall they prepare for battle? So likewise, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. Are you getting this? How shall it be known what is spoken of? For you shall speak into the air. It's all there. You shall speak into the air. It says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world none of them without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, for God's sake, it is called unknown tongue. Isn't that clear enough? Unknown for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is what? What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with my understanding also. So praying in the spirit is not praying in your understanding. 
and I will sing with the Spirit and sing my understanding also. Else, when you bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupied the room of your land say amen at your giving thanks? You'll be saying, Father, I give you thanks. Amen. That's how he will respond because he, he can't hear you. <laughs> Seeing he understandeth not what you are saying, for thou, for though, for thou verily giveth thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all, yet in the church I'd rather speak five words. So you see that? It's not done in human languages. There are myriads of verses to prove that. Say amen if you believe. The third thing to know about tongues, this one is very simple and straightforward. We can all do it together. We can all do it together. Like I said, there's a difference between praying in tongues and speaking with tongues. If you're going to speak with tongues, you're going to have to interpret, and only one person, or at most two people, can do it at the same time, which is what Paul was saying. But many people have read that to mean we cannot pray in tongues together. Some people say, ah, the way people are praying in tongues, we just stay in church and everybody will be praying. No. The Bible says there must always be an interpreter. No. The Bible did not say that. The Bible says if you want to address the church, then there must be an interpreter. If you want to address the church in tongues, that's a different thing. But in Acts chapter 2, when they spoke in tongues, did they take turns? It's like you're not sure. They didn't take turns. Everywhere people spoke in tongues, they spoke in tongues together. In Cornelius' house, Acts chapter 10, they spoke in tongues together. In Acts chapter 19, they spoke in tongues together. In Acts chapter 8, which many people don't know was talking about tongues, Philip in Samaria, I'll explain that another day. They did it together. So this is what Paul says. And let me show you something that will make this clear. 1 Corinthians 14, 27. Are you there? If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three, that by course, and that by course, and let one interpret but if there be no interpreter, let him shut up and keep to himself. Is that what he said? Let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So I can still speak. Since tongues is to God, I can still speak in tongues in church. I'm not just addressing everybody. And I don't need to interpret to you. It's none here. None your business. I, don't, I only need to interpret if I'm delivering the message to the entire church. Is that simple and clear enough? Oh, you must speak in tongues. You must speak in tongues. You must speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues personally is the best antidepressant I know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how I would cope without tongues. I don't know how I would cope without tongues. Try it, speak with tongues more. 
speak with tongues more. You see, the fact that the Bible says that if you pray with the Spirit, your spirit prays, does not mean only your spirit benefits. Even strictly speaking, from the term used, it says, he that prays in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, edifies himself. Greek word oikodomio, which means to build a structure. It's used for physical structures. So when I pray in an unknown tongue, I'm building or repairing. Ah, God is so kind to give this to the church. So kind. So kind. So I can build or repair myself. And the fact that my understanding is unfruitful does not mean my understanding does not benefit. You can feel refreshed. Even if you didn't understand what you said, you still feel alive and refreshed, energized. Just by speaking in tongues, there is a sudden surge of energy. Oh, you need to speak in tongues. You need to speak in tongues. You can do it anywhere. Thank God. It says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So you can do it anywhere. Under your breath as you're, as you're walking on the road. In your room. In the church. Anywhere. You can be speaking in tongues whilst listening to me. Under your breath. It can be loud and it can be moderate. Can I tell you something? We can be in the same house and I'm praying a lot. And you only hear a bit of it. Did you hear what I just said? Use it to your advantage. You pray. You pray. You repair. Jude verse 20 says, Now, beloved, building up yourselves. Even that concept that I can build up myself. I can build up myself. If I feel down, there is something I can do. Yeah. Building up yourself on the foundation of your most holy faith. It says praying in the Holy Ghost. Build up yourself. It says keep yourself in the love of God. Oh, tongues, the advantage. The advantage on your body, on your mind. Pray in the spirit, all right? Um, from today, from uh, this camp meetings, take it up a notch. Pray in the spirit more. Give time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Give expression to your spirit. There are many things that give expression to your mind. Give expression to your body. Give expression to your spirit by tongues. Let me tell you something. There are many things your spirit knows. Your mind does not know. Your body sure doesn't know. The body only knows to sleep and to eat. But your spirit knows. And when you give time to tongues, many times information rises to the surface. It rises to the surface. If you want to see yourself function more in revelation gifts, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. And then there has to be an intelligence to it. When you pray in the spirit, you're going to see pictures. Many times, have you noticed? 
that's why I'm telling you, the fact that your understanding is unfruitful in terms of the interpretation of what you are saying from an intellectual standpoint does not mean your mind has no role in prayer or in praying in the Spirit. Because many times when you're praying in the Spirit, in fact, a name can drop. Many people don't understand. They think that every word of knowledge is literal, like a word God is whispering to your ear and telling you. Sometimes you just see a picture. You just see a picture. You just see flashes. Learn to act on it. Even if you don't have all the information, out of the blue, someone you've not thought about, you've not seen in a while, comes to your mind. Pick up your phone, call the person. Ah, I just thought to check on you. When you're doing that, you are, in, you are growing in the miraculous. I'm telling you. When you do that, you start seeing more clarity, more precision. But you must pray in the Spirit. You must. I want you to see something. Put up Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. It's as if a son should ask bread of any of you that is a father. Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Verse 12. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Do you believe what you just read? Do you believe what you just read? Do you believe what you just read? Do you believe it? Meaning it is not possible to ask God for the gift of tongues and not receive. There is zero percent chance of you leaving this place without being full of the Spirit speaking in tongues. Zero percent. But this is what you need to know. Like I said, He's not going to grip you and make you do anything. You're going to have to speak. Whether you like it or not, there is a faith dimension to it. It's going to sound like rubbish to your mind. You read that from the Word of God. The only witness you're going to get is from within. You will be edified as you do it even more. And don't worry. The fact that um, you don't sound the way I sound when I'm speaking in tongues does not make what you're doing illegitimate. I've been doing it for decades. Do you understand what I'm saying? So even if yours is monosyllabic or two words, you express it in faith. <laughs> because he said, if you ask, you will receive. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.